You are listening to Open Little Doors, episode 51, Sharpening Parenting Skills, Bedtimes. Welcome to Open Little Doors, where we share ideas on using play, storytelling, and imagination to help you motivate, guide, and connect with your child. I am Julie Janice, one of the founders of Open Little Doors, and your host for our podcast today. everyone. We hope you all are doing very well. So before we dive into today's topic, I'm going to turn the time over to Mindy to give us an update on our Play Together program. Ta-da! Our Play Together program is live. You can actually go to our website and sign up. Um, what you do is you go to openlittledoors.com and you push on Play Together. There's a description kind of of Play Together and there's several spots on the description where you can um, click sign up now and you can go ahead and sign up. Now I want you to know that during May and June, the cost for Play Together is only $15. In July, the price will go up to $29. And we're only taking 25 members, so once we reach 25 members, the that you won't be able to sign up for a while. And I also want you to know that if you sign up in May or in June, that that $15 fee will cover May, June, and July for you. Um, We'll need you to be a little bit patient with us because we are, I'd say the website's in beta. We've done a lot of proofreading. We've done a lot of cross-checking, but there's still a few things that we're gonna be refining through May, but we wanted you to be able to to sign up. We wanted you to be able to get in there and start using the materials to check out our library where you can get, you can just type in a topic and get some ideas of things that you can do to help your children. Um, Our first play focus will not be released until July. So that will give you May and June to go through our foundations course and our orientations course so that when the first play focus in July is released, you are ready to go and help um, your children develop this important skill that we'll be sharing with you um, as our July play focus. So go to Open Little Doors and sign up. Be one of our first 25 members. All right. We are so excited to share this program with you guys. We've worked so hard on it and we have so many resources for you all um, that can definitely help you. So last week we talked about how you can sharpen your parenting skills through our Play Together program. Um, we are going to continue the series of sharpening parenting skills here on the podcast. And we are going to start off today talking about uh, bedtimes. So Meryl, why is bedtime our first topic? So bedtime is the first topic because it happens every single night and you get to practice putting your kids to bed every single night. I remember talking with my brother-in-law once at dinner and he said, you know, every single night when we put our kids to bed, they act like they've never been told it's time to go to bed tonight, every single night. And we laughed about that and I thought, and yet at the same time as parents, we know every night our kids act this way. And do we change how the, our approach then? Like we can laugh at ourselves just as much as our children. So some ways to use play with this is like we talked about in our episode on sharpening your parenting skills is to first stop and think through it. Look at what is driving you crazy. I think for most parents at some point, bedtimes just seem like they go on and on and you can't do it one more night. So look, stop and think about it. What is making it hard? What parts of bedtime 
the bedtime routine are going well and what do you need to fix? I have a perfect example of that. Um, I had been spending oh, a little bit of time with uh, one of my daughters because she just had a baby and every night I would go in and read my grandchildren a story to put them to bed. They, you know, Their family would go through their normal bedtime routine and then their parents would put them in bed and then I got to come and read them their last bedtime story and then my job was to turn out the light and have them be done. And they also, one of the things that their family does is, does is they listen to these little, they're called Moshi stories, I don't, and they're just kind of monotonous to very slow music and the kids just kind of listen to them and drift into sleep. And so I'd finished reading in my story and I, you know, cause I figured, okay, about 10 minutes, 10 minutes with each child. Cause there were two children that I would, I would read these stories to. So I figured, you know, 20 minutes, that's good. But then trying to help them pick out their Moshi story and getting it on, it was like, I was spending another 20 minutes with each child trying to help them find the Moshi story they wanted. And it was just getting more and more frustrating. And I just kept doing it. And then I was um, doing some work with open little doors and I thought, ugh. You know, I need to do the Moshi story with them first. I need to get that set up and going and say, okay, we've got, you know, three minutes. And I just wasn't setting parameters with them. Sorry, I've got a little bit of a cold here. I wasn't setting appropriate parameters with them. And I hadn't thought through, okay, I need to do get Moshi set up first before I read them the bedtime story. Because obviously after I read them the bedtime story, they're in no hurry to get through the Moshi story. But if we do the Moshi story first, then they're very motivated to pick it out because they're excited for their bedtime story. And it was just a little thing that was just constantly frustrating with to me. And there was just such a simple solution. If I had just, instead of just, you know, sitting there sawing the tree, instead of taking some time to sharpen my saw and think, okay, what's the problem here? Why is this happening? What can we do as a solution? So I really like that example because often when you take a minute and just step back, you can see, okay, it's not that the kids are totally out of control or, or that they're terrible kids or that, you know, we have to like reroute everything that's happening. It was just one simple change. And that's often the way it is. So after you've looked at it, kind of pinpoint maybe one, maybe two things that you want to change. And then think about how you want those to play out. Now, there are so many great parenting resources that you can use that have different philosophies on bedtime. So you need to find, you need to think about what's gonna work for you. Some people want a really, you know, right after dinner, this happens, this happens, this happens, and then at 7.30, everybody's in bed with the lights out. Figure out if that's what you need. Some people, they just want to know that at 8.30, they can give them a kiss and tell them good night, maybe talk to them for five, 10 minutes. And then if they're not ready for bed, then they finish getting, the kids finish getting ready for bed and put themselves to bed. Whatever works for you, figure out what you need to be able to do this night after night after night along with what your children need and then come up with a plan. And then here is where your play can come in. Then you can use their toys to show them how bedtime's gonna work. And you can use the toys to first show, um, you know, maybe like the mom, the toy that's the parents are just so tired they can hardly get up in the morning and then they're grumpy all morning. So they say, oh, what can we do? And then maybe the little toys come and say, I know we could do this and this for bedtime. And this is a chance where you could have your kids help give some ideas too. You can let them be the, the little toys that, that maybe throw out some ideas. 
some kids will want to do that, some won't. So if they don't throw out ideas, you can also use those toys to voice what you think might be some of their frustrations with bedtime, which also gives you a chance to validate some of their feelings. And then after you've gotten all of that kind of established, then you can lay out your plan. And then you can have your children have the toys help practice that plan. And so then you've, you've showed them your expectation and you've also let them play through it so that they fully understand what needs to happen, why, and hopefully feel that their thoughts and feelings in the process have been heard and validated too. That practicing part is so important. You know, sometimes we tell our kids something and they intellectually internalize it, but if they don't have a, a chance to actually practice it, you really haven't done anything to ingrain it in their brain and even to create some muscle memory. You know, there's a lot of studies uh, with business educators and school and education about the value of role playing. And when you're playing with children, you are role playing. And so if you set an expectation and then you give the children a chance to actually practice doing it by playing through it, your chances of success increase dramatically. Not that it's going to work every time, but you really help ingrain the learning. You sink it deeper into their brain when you take the time to have them play through it. Okay, so can you give us some examples on how this might look for different ages? Yes. So with really young kids, like 18 months to two years, um, you're, they're not going to be able to make a lot of suggestions, of course, on what needs to happen. So a lot of your play will probably focus on separation. Like I have, that's been my experience. Like most of my play at that age was, you know, okay, mommy sleeps better in her bed and, you know, baby bunny sleeps better in his bed. So if baby bunny comes to mommy's room, mommy is going to give baby bunny a big hug and put baby bunny back in his bed. Now, if, now if you're comfortable with co-sleeping or you do something else, however you think you're going to work this out. But oftentimes that age group, you're going to be focusing on sleeping through the night um, where they sleep, when they go to bed, when they get up. So you can play about all, all of that. And you, my children, I played a lot about, they come to mommy's room and mommy brings them back and tucks them in. And if they come again, mommy brings them back and tucks them in. And, and it, it still would take a couple nights. Um, I wasn't, I didn't really, really, I wasn't fully comfortable letting my kids really cry it out. Sometimes I would sit in the room with them so those are approaches that you'll have to figure out what you want to do and then you just show it with the play as they get a little bit older you might be playing about what you expect them to do on their own so maybe um at preschool age maybe you feel comfortable that their expectations are to get themselves in their pajamas and like mindy's example maybe have a story picked out by a, a certain time or after dinner they have like five minutes to hurry and do that um, but you can, so at, as you get into the preschool age group, maybe you're starting to play a little bit more about what you expect them to do to get themselves ready independently. And probably there's still going to be some more play and discussion about, about what happens if they wake up at night or come into your room and, and still some of those, those issues that you would handle more with toddlers. With school age, it's probably going to be 
a little bit more towards being independent and getting ready for bed. And so you expect them to have to be taking care of getting themselves ready for bed and to be ready for bed at a certain time. Whatever you figured out, you need to have for your family because every family is different and bedtime can look different for, for each family, but you can, you can still play about it just hitting on what their developmental needs are. Um, with teenagers, I think bedtimes can still be an issue. I know I've, I've with my teenagers, I know sometimes that at night is when they want to talk. And so I, I try to be open to that, but I also know sometimes I'm just so tired, I can't really listen. So I don't think I play about it with them, but you can still use storytelling. Even like at dinner at night, you can, you can tell a story um, with an emotional parallel, either, you know, you could do something that they like, like, I don't know, Avengers or something like that, or just a silly story about, you know, bats that can't get up in the morning because, um, or, or, you know, can't go to bed in the morning because of, of something that happened during the night because they're not all getting to sleep. So even your teenagers, you can use stories and analogies to help them understand some of the parameters you need that you want to be able to talk to them and and then pull them into the conversation of times that you can connect with them my last tip about bedtimes and this is for all age groups is to try to take a step back and make it fun so one thing i love about watching my husband with my kids is sometimes i get like all uptight and start talking too much and he just will make it into a joke so like with my daughter when she doesn't want us to tell her good night and wants us to stay longer he'll just go oh my elbows are going crazy and he starts tickling her with his elbows and just backs out and tells her good night and and i love that approach because sometimes i start to talk and say you know well you know we've said only this song and i gave you the song so if you want me to be able to stay with you again tomorrow we have to keep to what we said and it just it doesn't really help but his way just ends with her laughing and, and then you can be creative. Um, another thing that I've had a lot of fun with is my older kids sometimes are just so slow getting into bed. And so I've started when they're like kind of moseying around getting water or checking off things that they need to check off for the night, I'll go hide in their blankets. And so if I get to their room before they do, I hide in their blanket. And then when they come get into bed, I jump out at them. And of course you'd have to, you have to know your children. And this, this really does surprise my children quite a bit, but I get the biggest kick out of it. I think it is so funny to watch their face. And then they start laughing too. But now it's kind of become a joke. So they try to get to bed before me to see if they can scare me. And so it's, it's been just a fun way to increase the motivation to get into bed. But um, also, it, I, get a, I get a real kick out of just watching it. So it, it's worked well for me. I love those examples and everything you guys have shared. And if you have, if you want more specific ideas for using play, you can join our play together program since it's live now. And if you have any questions or specific parenting challenges, maybe something related to bedtimes that you want to help with, you can email us at play at and we would love to help you. And you can look forward to next week uh, for a story from Meryl. We hope, we hope you all have a great week. Take care. Play, storytelling, and imagination are very powerful parenting and child development tools. And if you want to know more ideas on how you can incorporate these tools, you can visit our website at www.openlittledoors.com and sign up for our Wednesday Wisdom emails and also check out our Play Together program. 
We can't wait to hear from you. Come play with us.